Welcome. How are you doing today? Even if your answer is not so well, this is still the right place to be. You're at OTR, Achieving Mental Health for Real, formerly Over the Rainbow. So why should you listen to this podcast? Well, like the title says, to achieve mental health that's real. We talk to people who suffer and battle real mental health issues. It gives you a chance to hear how they cope with their problems and hopefully recover or at least learn to manage and live with them. We also have, on occasion, a mental health expert that may be able to help with some of your issues. So relax and get ready to hear valuable information that can help and inspire you to achieve mental health for real. Now, here is Bob with today's interview. Thank you, Amanda. That was a great introduction. Not half a good voice as I have, but pretty good. Today, we have a very special guest. She was on the show before. Her name is Dr. Gigi Langer, and she is going to tell us some more about 50 Ways to Worry Less Now, which is her book, and you can find it anywhere. Okay, without further ado, we'll go right to the interview. Hello, Gigi. How are you? Welcome back. I'm wonderful. Very happy to be talking with you again. A real treat. Thank you. I appreciate that. The show did really good last time you were on. Oh, great. Good to hear. What I'd like to do today is uh, if we can just quickly review the top five that we did in the last show. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. And then, of course, got to do five more if we have time. Uh, I just want to remind anyone listening that the original show is has all the detail of what we're going to summarize today and it's 50 ways to where we left now and it's in february episode 10. so if you want to go back there now and just get that information come back that's great otherwise you could stick around and we're going to summarize uh that episode i think that sounds fine okay good Last time, we went into five different top uh, ways to stop worrying. And I think your number one was meditation. And you mentioned uh, an app, Inside Timer, that helps you to meditate. And you also mentioned Mindful-Based Stress Reduction by John Cabot. What was that again? Uh, Mindfulness-Based stress reduction which is a a course it's an eight-week course that was developed at university of massachusetts medical center for people who were struggling with chronic pain and stress and so on and they've done a lot of research on it and that's why i always recommend meditation first because their research is so impressive it actually shrinks the part of the brain that's responsible for producing anxiety and stress then we went into a higher power discussion uh, and praying to a higher power. And then the third one was making a choice. I have the power to change what you, I think. Oh. Use strategies, chapter nice. law of attraction, vision board. What was the vision board again? I'm going to go into that as one of the um, 
techniques. Okay. All right. We'll we'll cover yeah, we'll cover that later. Number four was joining with others that have conquered some of the problems or are more advanced. Uh, for example, in a 12-step group, you might want to get a partner that has gone through what you are going through, and that creates what you say, energy of care and love. So uh, that was number four. And five was growth tools, practices. I have here fill mind with strategy, good within us, peace of mind, clarity, connect, living with self, don't be a victim, identify whispered lies. Then we did talk briefly about highly sensitive people. One out of five are highly sensitive. Um, and I'm, I'm one of them for sure. And you said that you were one. And uh, you also went into uh, radical forgiveness. And you mentioned uh, Dr. Aaron. Do you remember what book she had? Yeah, or? Um, it's Eileen Aaron, A-R-O-N, okay. and she's one of the people that's done the research on the highly sensitive person, and okay. she has a great website, hshsperson.com or org, I'm not sure, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, she has even how to parent a highly sensitive child. It's not the whole book, but that chapter, I thought, was especially strong. Okay, and then we uh, talked about bad thinking and mm -hmm. how we can do different techniques to stop bad thinking. Like I put up a stop sign. Uh, I recently, on my last podcast, got some more advice. Uh, the person said, think of it as a radio and... You're just turning the station when you get bad thoughts. Oh, nice. Theory about most highly sensitive people being addicted. I think that's what we're saying is that if you're highly sensitive, you're closer to getting an addictive personality. So a lot of, a lot of people do that rather than explore counseling, medication, uh, meditation. They right. just don't, they, they just don't want to, uh, admit, I think, that they mm -hmm. have a mental issue. <laughs> You're right. And that's a big stigma that's out there today, that a lot of people uh, aren't comfortable with it. Then we talked about Transformation Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tipping. Tipping. What was that again for? Yep, Tipping. Yep. Um, his process for radical forgiveness is when... Um, I illustrated in my book when my husband started drinking again, and I was having a terrible time uh, with that issue. And I went to Al-Anon and so on. But this process helps you release the other person and yourself from all the judgment and the fear and the anger around when somebody has disappointed you. So it's a worksheet that he uh, he has free worksheets on his website, Colin Tipping, and it's RadicalForgiveness.com. Really good stuff. So now I heard that you prepared five more ways of worrying less. I'd love to go over them if you'd like. Great. Well, you know, the first one I picked... Um, we talked about before, but it's so central to getting better 
because we cannot do it alone. And even though I said that last time, um, I thought it was useful to think about the kinds of people we hang around and even what we watch on TV and listen to in terms of what kinds of thoughts they're feeding us with. So if I'm hanging around with buddies who are complaining all the time, or if I have a friend where I share a concern I have and they just, well, they, they might be a bad listener in one of a few ways. One might be, you know, those people you tell you're, you're concerned about and they come back and just tell a story about themselves mm -hmm. and they're really not interested in your story. They're just interested in telling their story. Right. So we need to be really mindful of choosing the people that we partner with as we are making ourselves vulnerable and trying to get better. Right. It doesn't mean you never hang out with those negative friends, but they shouldn't be the, the first choice, you know, and there are those friends who you tell the problem and then they jump on it and uh, awfulize it with right. you and raise your anxiety rather than helping you access something within yourself that might help you gain a perspective on it. I call that safe people, uh, being safe. Yes. That, yeah. That's so, what I use. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, we just can't do it sitting in the lotus position on top of a mountain. We need mm -hmm. to have um, like-minded people who are interested in growing through their own negative patterns and are willing to share how they did it. And, uh, and lacking that, I think a therapist or a counselor is also an excellent choice just for the very first step. I mean, that's what I did because I was, you know, all my friends I got high with and got drunk with. So, mm -hmm. um, and I was in total denial about how unhappy I was inside. So when I first got sober, I didn't have anybody to hang out with that was healthy and um, thank God I had a therapist to kind of help me through the transition. That moment in the no man's land when you're trying not to hang out with the friends that um, support you in your negativity and, and damaging lifestyle and finding new people who are healthy and growing and have grown through some of the negative patterns you have. That's kind of a, a very vulnerable spot in between the two, because I was not a person who liked groups at all, unless I was high. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, finding a group, um, it's really important to find a group that has a good sense of um, confidentiality, has some guidelines for how the group is run so that nobody gets damaged. Um, and that's one of the reasons why. I don't say Alcoholics Anonymous is the only group or those 12-step groups, but one of the reasons they're successful is because they have a long track record of keeping the confidentiality, having a good, clean structure, getting people together who can help one another, but leaving it up to those individuals. So, um, you know, don't try to be an island and do it by yourself. That's the, the first recommendation. <laughs> Okay, we'll put that down as number six. Yeah, that's good. And um, and finding healthy people. I call them in the book growth partners. And it's okay. 
you know, once you kind of send out into the universe that you're wanting to grow in a new healthy direction and you start doing things that are kind of uncomfortable, like going to a counselor or going to a group, um, quite in- interestingly, the the universe kind of pitches in and starts, you know, the, the right people start showing uh-huh. up in, in your, in our lives. It's, uh, it sounds woo woo, but it's, it's pretty much how it works. <laughs> uh, the, the second one for today's session is um, what I'm calling, you know, what is called self-compassion. And I think one reason I didn't admit to myself the problems I had was because I was already beating myself up for having those problems, you know, the promiscuity and the drinking and the drugs. And, and I, so I would beat myself up rather than, um, and this is not the same as self-pity, which is, oh, poor me, poor me. This is when we wake up to some extent and begin hanging with healthy people and thinking new thoughts and getting honest with ourselves, we start realizing, oh my gosh, I really drove myself into the ground. And, and in self-compassion and so much of this healing, it's like there's this healthy self that has not been driving the bus because the less healthy self has been driving the bus. But this healthy, healthy self mm-hmm. has always been there. I call it a loving power. Or, and that healthy self is able to um, act like a, a big sister or big brother who, who might say, oh, you poor dear. You, and, and talk to, to me as if uh, in a comforting way. Oh, gosh, don't kick yourself. Look what you've been through. And look what's been happening. And sure, you brought it on a lot of it yourself, but also you have a genetic component with your parents. And so you are not a horrible person. This is how I talk to myself. You're a person trying to get well. And it's, it's, a, right. it's a very different way of the old perfectionistic thinking that I had which was, um, you know, I have to do everything perfectly or I won't be loved. And you remember, I, I talk about whispered lies, these whispered lies that our fear self tells us. And the antidote, one of them to that whispered lie that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy of love, is the self-compassion where we start being able to speak to ourselves in a loving way. And I think one of the best sources of information about that is Kristen Neff. I'll send you the link to that um, because she has some lovely okay, um, thank you. meditations and uh, a wonderful book called Self-Compassion. Okay. That sounds good. And I think, you know, letting go of old habits is very hard because we have to get honest and we have to look at them. And uh Nice to learn to have a gentle voice with ourselves that says, yeah, it's not easy, but we're doing it because we don't want to go back to how we were before. So that's self-compassion. Yes, I have to say that um, in 12-step programs, you know, you do this inventory. And my first one, I realized how much I, quote, hated myself. And 
uh, one of the things I did to try to reprogram that was listen to a like a self-hypnosis tape that said, you know, I'm I'm lovable. People like me. You know, I was just trying to reprogram all that negative self-talk. And that was one of the ways. <laughs> so that kind of leads us into um, we talked about making choices about how we want our life to be. And I talked about affirmations. Um, and there's a very powerful aspect of that law of attraction, which is the visualization part. And in my book, I have a picture of the vision board, which is just five by seven inches. And I cut and pasted things from uh, magazines and some words that said to me, you know, they showed the book being successful and me signing it and celebrating having it done and how much good it was going to do to people. And I put all those in images on this vision board. And I kept that at my writing station for the entire time I was writing the book. And it's a very powerful technique. And the directions for how to do it are um, in the book. But you can just look up, you know, vision board. It's Perhaps pretty, I'll put a, getting uh, more popular. I'll do it. Do a picture of it. Okay, good. No. Yeah. So, you know, the essence of that is that when we look at the world, our future and our past, rather than looking at what's wrong with it, we look for what is mm -hmm. right about it. And, and that's being a strength finder. So let's say I'm living with someone and I well, let's say my husband and he wants to sit and chat and I'm in the middle of a project. Okay. So I could say, oh, he's always bothering me. Why does he, you know, and I could give it a negative spin. Or I, sometimes I ask myself, would I rather live with someone who didn't want to come and chat with me? Isn't it wonderful that he does that? And, and there's the strength of it. So given the strength right. of it, how do I want to respond? So, you know, it's, Part of that whole positivity thing, the other piece in there is just making that gratitude list that everybody talks about. But I'll tell you, anyone who starts that practice of using, they just write down maybe five things a day that they're grateful for, and then every day they try to make a new list that doesn't repeat mm -hmm. anything from the day before, and you keep that up for 10 to 12, 20 days. You won't believe how the brain starts getting reprogrammed and seeing and looking for good things rather than bad things. It's, um, you know, the point I was making last time about using growth practices consistently, that's kind of the key. You know, it took a lifetime for my brain to get programmed and for my thinking habits and my feeling habits to go so negative and self-destructive. And so it means that if I'm going to change, not only do I need to hang out with healthy people who are feeding me good stuff, but I need to read good stuff. I need to meditate on good stuff. I need to affirm good stuff. You know, it's a daily minute by minute practice actually uh, to change how we see the world. And it is yes, entirely it is. possible because right. we have complete control over our thoughts. Like you were saying with, yeah, with changing the 
changing the station. Oh, there's my whispered lie telling me that this uh, piece mm -hmm. I'm writing has to be perfect and I'll never get it right. Wait a minute, is that really true? No, I'm just a little stuck here, but I really love what it is I'm trying to write. So let me breathe and get some calmness and continue on the path. Right. And I, I had mentioned um, my biggest problem was work. And yeah. so you said, well, is there a solution to that? And I was thinking, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, I, it just hit me, I'll retire early at 62. So I'm retired yeah. now. So that solved that issue. Yes, yes. And it, it does really help to have so much more free choice over how we spend our time. Mm -hmm. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. Which I didn't talk much about energy work, but the okay. reason there are 50 um, techniques for overcoming negative thinking in my book is because they're, they're not only, I have some a bunch of spiritual techniques in there, and I have some of these cognitive, you know, thought-changing techniques. And then also, I do talk about my experience, and always these are techniques I use to overcome my own worries. Um, the energy work is very powerful, and I'm, I think a lot of people might have heard of energy work. It, it's an umbrella that would cover Reiki, healing touch, um, cranial sacral therapy, and um, the one I used the most was the tapping or the um, emotional freedom technique, EFT, but okay. it's a tapping technique. And the thing about the energy um, work is that they totally make an end run around the cognitive, figuring out, controlling, analytical brain. They, they pair a statement uh, with a, a negative statement, with a loving statement while tapping on the body, and it, re it changes things. In my experience, um, I had three or four different significant um, healings, and now many of us are hearing, I'll talk about tapping in a minute, but related to that is this um, eye movement desensitization. Um, it's called E, M as in Mary, right. D, D as in dog, R. The research, yeah, the research has been done for PTSD um, because they've used it a lot with the military. And the research is really impressive. And um, a lot of people who have had addictions, grew up in alcoholic dysfunctional families, et cetera, have some form of PTSD. Um, yeah. And so I think that might be why it's so um useful but basically it is not just cognitive therapy it has a big energy component with it okay um anyway so let me talk about the tapping because that's the easiest to use um so you find like a, a negative uh assault a whispered lie that i'm telling myself and and you can just look up tapping or energy right. tapping and find more complicated or less complicated ways of doing it but one of the simplest ones um, that I used, you just tap, you either cross your arms and tap your fingers on the sides of your 
upper arm, or you put your hands along your thighs, the outsides, and just tap alternately with your fingers on the outsides of the thighs. Okay. So it's the alternating tapping thing that's the key. Well, here's an example. Uh, in my book, I tell uh, a lot of somewhat gruesome details, not, you know, not ugly and awful, but you know, they're not something you would read in everyday books about things that happened to me. And I was very concerned, especially chapter five, um, about putting those things out in a book. So I, because I was afraid people would think I was neurotic or mm -hmm. crazy or use it against me, which has never happened so far. <laughs> and um, so I, I had the negative statement, even though um, I'm being brutally honest in this book and it may feel like people are going to attack me. That's the negative part, right? And then the positive part is the, I love and accept myself completely. And if we have a higher power, we can say, and my higher power loves and accepts me completely. So what they usually have you do is kind of um, rate your level of being freaked out with the whispered lies. So at the time, mm -hmm. you know, on a scale of one to five, I was pretty scared to do that, but I knew the book needed it. So I would just tap alternately, even though I'm afraid that being so honest in this book is going to make me look bad and people will criticize me. I love and accept myself completely and my higher power loves and accepts me completely. And they have you take a deep breath and then reassess on a scale of one to five after one round. And you'd keep doing successive rounds of that until the um, anxiety sensation decreases. Yeah, that sounds really good because when I have a negative thought, it's extremely hard to get rid of. So mm -hmm. this kind of technique might help. Definitely yeah. help that. I found um, it helpful. And some people just tap their fingers on the on the the side of their the outside of their um, palm even though I'm feeling so then when I'm in a social situation or something and I'm thinking shit I don't know what to say to this person I'm feeling stupid they're not going to like me I just have my hands in my lap you know even though I'm terrified of looking bad I'm loving for you know and I I can do it even in a public place yeah I've found energy technique to be uh, very helpful I'm definitely going to try it. Um, yeah. Because it is very difficult to shift. Uh, this person last week said, oh, just say all is well. That was the title of the, of the podcast. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not all that comfortable with that. I think I'm mm -hmm. going to give this a try, what you're saying. It sounds very good. Yeah. And, and you have the book, and it explains yeah. how to do it. So good. Mm -hmm. um, the next one is related to thought monitoring and thought changing. Um, but it's um, a little more of a spiritual take on it rather than just, um, you know, noticing that I'm worrying and then switching the channel to a more positive thought. I mean, that's kind of the essence of it. And, and by the way, let me note that I believe one reason that people who meditate are more calm and resilient in the face of difficulty 
It's partly because they have learned to notice their thoughts and then choose what they want their brain to focus on. Mm-hmm. And they, they've picked, you know, something to focus on, either a sound or a, a guided meditation or something, but not their running thoughts that are spinning. And uh, what I love about what they say about meditation is the success is not based on the myth that you can get your mind completely clear and never think of anything but the thing you're focused on, like the breathing. That is a myth. The value of it is that you're learning to notice when your mind is off track and refocus it to the track you want. And right. it's that pra- it's that practice that gives us this amazing power to choose what we want our minds to focus on. So, so then um, on that thought monitoring and thought changing piece, um, I put in, well, I have to say one of, because I do study um, a course in miracles, which is a set of teachings um, that teach us to be less fearful and more uh, connected in love to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a spiritual text and set of lessons. And, um, and because I'm in 12 step programs that have a spiritual component, but again, they don't tell you exactly how to define that spiritual thing. For me, it's something bigger than my fear, right? something bigger than the fear voice. So, um, what I love that I can do very quickly when my mind is going off on something negative is I ask that higher self or the higher power, however we think of that, this simple prayer, help me to see this differently. Mm-hmm. So when I get scared about reading the news about COVID, I ask, help me to see this differently. Now, I don't have an expectation about what that's supposed to look like or sound like in terms of my thoughts. I do have an um, expectation that I will feel more calm and accepting and willing to have that thing go on without me getting terrified over it. And that's very practical right now because a lot of mm-hmm. people are watching the news. I was watching the news last night, and they were mm-hmm. saying all this you know, all the hospitals are getting full, filled up again. And it, it really was pretty scary. And so Very. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do that and <laughs> go, go to my higher power. I, yeah, I have, because I'm a highly sensitive person, I really can't watch almost any of the news shows because it, um, there's a lot of emotion mm-hmm. infused and judgment infused into uh, almost every news show now yeah. that we see. Yeah. And, and that um, it's designed to hook the viewer emotionally. And since I'm highly sensitive, I need to guard myself from those situations. So what I end up doing is reading my news um, from two different sources that have slightly different points of view, mm-hmm. <laughs> very different points of view. but. Um, when I read it, I can uh, inoculate myself a little bit from the drama that comes in the television news or some of the podcasts that I listen to. 
That's, so I protect myself. That's good. Yeah. Um, my my, yeah. my issue is performance anxiety. So um, every time I'm going to do something, my mind keeps telling me, oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. And ah. so it's really hard for me to take that negative thought and turn it around and say, no, it's fine. You've been doing this all your life. It's fine. You can do it. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, even uh, driving, I'll, I'll, you know, get near the car and I'll get like a little scared. Like, well, I can't do this. I, I just can't drive. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, then I do my best to, to change that around. And I always face the fear, you know, so even if it, yes. if I can't change it around, I still get in the car and drive, and then it's fine. So it's just right. that leading up to it that is very difficult. It's it's kind of like getting nervous before a big game or something. But yeah, yes, yeah. exactly that. Right. And uh, and you've learned ways to help yourself through it. But it, you know, I think one misconception people have is that I'll never have an anxiety thought again if I get all these techniques right. Well, that's, that's a little upside down. The point is that we're human beings and we have our instincts that are programmed to keep us safe. So they're looking for danger everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we are going to have fear, concern, worry, anxiety. Right. And the trick is, can we notice that it's going on with ourselves and then choose a tool that would help us dissolve it so that we can go ahead and do what we need to do. And for me, for me, it, it actually helped to get a little bit nervous mm -hmm. because it raises mm -hmm. my adrenaline or uh, endorphins. Yes. And yep. when I get into, let's say, the meeting, I'm great. You know, I'm just like, I got yeah. this. I got this. No problem. Yeah. But before that, nice. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I'm nervous wreck. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's part of this last point about thought changing um, partly, well, be, with some kind of a higher power in our corner. Because, you know, in my book, I have four main big um, life strategies. Being honest, which, of course, you're being honest when you approach that car. Mm -hmm. Claiming power other than just our own self-will, but claiming a power bigger than our fear, um, making choices, positive choices, and following through with the practices to keep that stuff going. Those are like the four, you know, honesty, right. power, choices, and uh, using the practices. So it's the second one that's this power of the higher self or the universe or God or however we want to think about it, but it's something in us or around us, or above us, that is bigger than our fear. And I really couldn't um, suggest that a person try to just change their thinking completely of their own will. Right. What we use our will for is to use the technique. But the technique paired with the, the power that we're accessing by choosing the technique and hooking in with a power greater than our fear that's what does the heavy lifting of mm. removing that limitation from us. Uh -huh. So if I'm, um, let's say I, here's a good example. I have a resentment towards somebody who recently hurt my husband. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm choosing my thoughts. Well, first, I'm honestly observing them. Oh, I'm thinking that guy's a jerk. I'm pissed at him because mm-hmm. he hurt my husband a lot. Then I claim power to stand back a little bit and say, okay, you know, this power help me to see this differently. And one of the techniques in the book is praying for our enemy. So I think about that guy who hurt my husband and I say, you know, I'm not the judge. I'm going to step back and hope that this guy has everything in his life that would ever make him happy. And I may have to do that. If if it's a big resentment, I may have to do it a hundred times in a hundred days. But it's a spiritual practice, right? Because I'm not trying to force myself to get rid of cutting. I'm not trying to force myself to stop hating him. What I'm doing is grabbing a tool that will bring the power to bear in my mind and heart and body to let go of that negativity and hatred and fear. Yeah, the the hatred is just a very dangerous thing. it allows the other person to get power over you uh, because exactly because you're hating him and losing energy and and basically then yeah. that person wins out so it's a very good yeah. practice uh, it's a, it's a christian thing i mean jesus i believe mm-hmm. always yeah. said that yeah he was out it's in you know things like that yes it's um I don't know if you've, you've probably heard people talk about living in the solution rather than living in the problem. Right, right. And, and that's a choice we have. So here's what living in the problem looks like. It looks like, um, you know, he's stewing around, oh, my God, the COVID's going to happen. And huh, I better not go there because I could get infected. And, oh, look at that jerk. He's not wearing a mask. And mm-hmm. So I'm living in the problem, right? Because I'm stewing about it and focusing on it, on the danger. But living in the solution isn't meant to say I'm living in trying to fix it. Because the solution is not, in my belief, in human actions. The solution is at a bigger realm than my own body. Mm -hmm. So um, when I focus on the solution, it's using any of these techniques to put myself in the presence of of a power or a state of mind of calmness or a positive thought that is going to eventually solve the problem, but not from my own fear driven action. If I'm supposed to take action on the problem, I only can take a proper action, if any, once I've got myself in a calm, loving space, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because if I write an email to my husband's friend, I'll show him that's really a fear-driven retaliation. Mm -hmm. So first I need to go and use these techniques to get myself in a place of loving acceptance acceptance and calmness and asking for the wisdom to do what's actually really the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I use this on my, my wife, for example. You know, she kind of ignores me completely, which she knows that's like one of my buttons that people, you know. So mm-hmm. I try to just forgive her and 
uh, ask my higher power to do what they can to to help me to feel uh, more positive about the situation. Exactly. Yeah, because in that moment, you're being honest about how it makes you feel. You're choosing not to blame the other person. You're claiming a power that's stronger than your own fear and resentment to help you to see it mm -hmm. differently. And you're using a positive technique to get your brain and your mind to be loving right. rather than fearful. Exactly. It's a very good point. Yeah. I thank you very much. You're, you're always an excellent guest. Um, don't be surprised if I call you again because you got, what, 40, 40 more oh. <laughs> techniques? But uh, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on and being such a good guest. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I know you're going to give people my website and email, um, but I'd like to make an offer to your listeners. I still have a few tokens left for a free copy of the audiobook of Worry Less Now, 50 Ways to Worry Less Now. So if you email me at glanger, G-L-A-N-G-E-R 2202 at gmail.com and ask for a free audiobook, I will send you one with a companion PDF that includes all the tools and directions for how to use them. Okay, I appreciate that. Um... That's great. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's going to help our listeners a lot. I hope so. That was Dr. Gigi Langer and another good show. Uh, 50 Ways to Worry Less Now is her book. It's at Amazon and other bookstores, many others. So you have to go out and, and get it. So hurry and write to her and she'll send you a free book. And you can't get better than that. So if you take this book and you apply the principles, I believe strongly that any addiction can be broken and that you can get better and recover. Because that's what achieving mental health for real means. Okay. This is Bob Adelman. I'm at Over the Rainbow Bob at gmail.com, over the rainbow Bob at gmail.com. And my Twitter feed is over the rain one bow. That's at over the rain one bow. Instagram and Facebook, search for OTR dash achieving mental health for real. Okay, that's it for today's show. I'll see you next time.